Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Comeuppance Reviews podcast. This is Brett from Comeuppance Reviews. Hey, it's the Thai guy. We're back. It's like we're like semi live from Connecticut. It's the Comeuppance Reviews podcast. So it's like uh, uh, I'm not sure what semi live means. I, I guess that means we're alive and and talking. We're alive but, and well, but we're we're taping. You know. <laughs> uh, right. Exactly. Yeah. So um, live to tape. Wasn't that something? Uh, you mean as far as TV? Or yes, TV, yeah. Live so, to tape. Uh, um, that reminds me of Rock Live. Remember the show Rock, where Charles the, S. Dutton is a garbage man, I think? Yes, and that was live to tape. Uh, I, not usually, but they did a special event, Rock Live, this Sunday. <laughs> and it was live, I guess. Okay. And then they did that for a little while, in the past decade or so. Remember there was like 30 Rock Live, and um, there's another one, but it was like, so there's two different versions. And let's not forget about the Law and Order Criminal Intent, two different versions of season four <laughs> well, that's, finale. That's a little different. But yeah. yeah, for a while, I think shows that aren't normally live would experiment with a live episode. Like, um, uh, yeah, there's that. There's some. Uh, well, I mean, because Saturday Night Live is not live. No, right? not really at all. Because so. it's not going out live at 1130 p.m., and people are watching it. So it's called Saturday Night Live, but it's not live. Or am I missing something? Uh, I think it's just so – maybe it used to be live. You know, it's been on for like 50 freaking years. So. <laughs> um, but, yeah, they uh, – and what were those – remember those specials? It was like Peter Pan Live and um, – Oh, that's maybe I was thinking of that. Yeah, and um, I think it's maybe Sound of Music Live. And I think they just did a, um, a Christmas story a few years ago. I think I saw the ad a couple years ago. And it ago. was live. It was live. It was like Matthew Broderick in The Christmas Story. It's like, meh. <laughs> it's like, it's like, um, well, I wouldn't watch that anyway because I don't like A Christmas Story. I know that's a controversial opinion. Oh, you're, you know, you can have whatever opinion you want, but um, you don't like A Christmas Story. Blah. It's like, um, I no, it sucks. That. No, I tell people, <laughs> it sucks. Let's just tell the truth here. So like, that the means kids, yeah. the kid's annoying. The, mm. the narrator's annoying. You don't really care. Okay, you shoot your eye out. I know it's a, kind of a 50s thing. I get it for nostalgic people in that era. But to me, as a 90s child and 2000s, it sucks. So it's just like. <laughs> so I take it that means you won't be watching a Christmas story Christmas? Yes. It, okay. I, I heard about this. I know I'm not going to watch it, though. Because it's probably going to be a rehash. And don't forget, there was a Christmas story, too. From the is that Cousin Eddie's Island Adventure? or uh... <laughs> No, that is. Natural Lampoon's Christmas Vacation to Cousin Eddie's Island Adventure, starring Randall Quaid. Right, uh, one of the longest titles uh, in a while. Um, <laughs> I think I, it's still at the library. Um, maybe I'll watch it one day. I think I said that like years ago, but I still haven't really brought myself to watch it. Well, it'll probably always be there. Um, Do you remember National Lampoon's Thanksgiving? It was uh, no. Judge Reinhold and Brian Cranston. He's he's the wacky brother of Judge Reinhold. Here comes some shenanigans. Was this a movie? It was a movie, yes. No, I don't remember that at all. But I don't keep up with National Lampoon things. So I don't really, you know, they've done a lot of stuff that I don't know about, you know, because I, I don't keep up with what they're up to. I think people, well, people, rec- it's a recognizable brand. You know, I think, like, oh, National Lampoon. Oh, I like the Animal House. Let's put, yeah, let's but then didn't the they kind of. Diggers with, uh, <laughs> What's his name from Boy Meets World? Will Seedle or his name? You say so. I I have no idea. Or Dorm Days. Right. See, I think, well, 
the, I think what they did was they kind of, you know, ran that brand name into the yeah. ground. They kind of like slapped it on anything that came to direct to DVD, you know, um, you know, like these Van Wilder knockoffs. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Will Friedel. That was his name. Oh. I mean, I've never seen Van Wilder, but, you know. Uh, I, OK, so the thing about Van Wilder is that eh, the film is it's nonstop just like raunchiness and grossness, really. Like they don't really take a, a break from being gross. So it's really not that fun. It's like, all right, all right. <laughs> it's just like, take a break for like 30 minutes. It's, but then they tried to come up with these knockoffs, which are pretty much the same thing, but without the charm of Ryan Reynolds. No, no Ryan Reynolds, no movie. He, he, he definitely saved it. I guess Tara Reid, I guess. And there's, it's okay. You know, I don't, I, th- I watched it about, you know, less than 10 years ago. It was all right. But like I said, it's just, Give it a rest on the grossness all day. Um, and then I guess, oh, that was an interesting uh, start topic there. But uh, I guess we can go to our action star. I just want to keep talking about oh. National Lampoon's funny money. <laughs> um, okay, because they branched off into game shows. Yeah. Or Make Me Laugh. I'm not sure that was National Lampoon. Um, there's that show you have to make William Shatner laugh. Oh, that's right. Was that on Comedy Central? Uh I, I don't remember. Um, uh, but the action star, the person that should have been an action star. Is, oh, should I sing the song? Sure. Should have been an action star. Who is it? It's Merv Griffith. Now, how did you Mervin. come up with this? Now, how did, yes, well, that's, he's bid for seriousness. So Mervin Griffin. Yeah, which is his full name, by the way, I checked. So. So, yeah, Mer- Mer- yeah, so what is Mervyn Griffin uh, up to this time? Well, because I was looking him up, and it's like, you know, he, he kind of looked like Kirk Douglas when he was younger. Mm-hmm. So he could have been like an action star, like a Spartacus 2. And then he could have been like a, something about Merv. You don't really get the name Merv that often. So Yeah, well, and I guess you put that with him looking kind of like Kirk Douglas, and uh, maybe uh, there's, there's something there. I mean, you know, of course, he invented Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune. So, like, what else did he invent? Uh, Probably lots of things. We got his own talk show. Oh, that's uh, right. I bet that was fun. Oh, right. Jep. Um, right, which is Jeopardy for kids. Right. And also, Headline Chasers. You ever heard of this one? No. Okay, it's from 1985. Well, I don't know every single thing that uh, Mervin did, <laughs> but yeah. But in this movie, it would it would be like a classic old guy, kind of like a a McHugh or a Brannigan. And then um, and he has a big gun and he shoots people. Yeah, and then and he wears like um, a cool black leather jacket. He walks in slow motion, and then the villain would probably be like maybe another like game show producer, or maybe he can fight Wink Martindale, something like that. <laughs> We've pinned down these uh, game show hosts before. Yeah, you know, I know that's. But see, they, they know how to, you know, you, you know, use a space. You know, like maybe he can, like, you know, <laughs> fight someone on the Jeopardy set, something like that. And well, that like, could be, yeah, the last, you know, final battle that it could yeah. go onto the set. And yeah. uh, yes, I could see that. Yeah, this is your final Jeopardy. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it could be called Final Jeopardy in a way, because you know there's that movie Double Jeopardy, you know Tommy Lee Jones. Yes. You know, 
at first like, wait, is this about Jeopardy in the show? It's like, oh, it's like just a classic uh, crime thriller. Right, because so you're, like, you're, you know, the word Jeopardy could be used in other contexts. But that was a decent movie, perfect for like a rainy day. It's like they made it for like rainy days only. Right. Because, um, you know, there was, you know, those other mo- there's a lot of thrillers like that that came along around that time. You know, most oh, of them had yeah. Ashley Judd, you know, like uh, Twisted, Along Came a Spider. Yeah. Um, high Crimes. Yeah. Um, what's the other one I'm thinking of? Um, oh, Kiss the Girls. Right. Um, it's this almost endless amount. I mean, you know, I know. So, it's kind of interesting. We don't have that anymore. We don't make many thrillers like that. I think is in the 90s and early 2000s, they ran out. I mean. But then again, a lot of these, I guess, are probably on Netflix, like things like them. Um, well, it's kind of interesting, you know. I mean, it's actually done like five of those. It's like, well, because that's where bread and butter was, making these kind of uh, thrillers. So. And then uh, J Lo did some, like Enough and uh, uh, others. She should do more. She's, you know, being a little lazy. I just rewatched The Cell, it, it was still good. It still holds up pretty well. The effects are still good for its time. You know, it's 22 years old. All right. So is that all there is to say about Mervyn? Uh, yes. Well, see, I was supposed to look up what did a gusher, which I forgot. Oh. To do. Um, I just remembered to do that, and either I could do it really, I could do it live, or I could do it the next. <laughs> what episode. What is this, Peter Pan? I mean, with, uh, when all <laughs> of a sudden we're live. Um. um well, I, I feel guess. like you might need more time to do that. So, um. Uh, why don't we just push that over to next time? Oh, uh, okay. I found something. Okay. Oh, already? All right. Yeah. Well, well. <laughs> here comes the ingredients for your favorite <laughs> 90s snack food, Gushers. Sugar, corn syrup, dried corn syrup, pear puree <laughs> concentrate, modified cornstarch, uh, maladextrin, and palm oil. You put okay. it all into this little, like, kind of weird snack <laughs> well that's what the kids are eating these days <laughs> yes they love them gushers put them in a paper bag for lunch and there you go <sighs> so, all right well, well that answered something but uh, i'm not sure what <laughs> but it answered something well people wanted to know so. what do you want to do another one or is that going to be I, the I end can't of think the of any other ones what's in a f- fruit roll-up i mean like what's <laughs> what other 90s or uh, i don't know what's in uh I don't know, what's in a cheese ball or something like that? I don't know. Well, we'll see. We'll have yeah. to wait and see. Okay, so now we have to our onto our exciting episode, which is called Silent Sword. So, All right, so now we have the silent movies and the sword movies. Yes, we do. Right. So I'm going to start with the sword first. Okay. So we're going to do Sword and the Claw from 1975. I almost want to say turkey in the straw. <laughs> and it's turkey and the straw. And the sword and the claw. That's <laughs> like, what? Um, sword and the claw. Yeah, uh, it's fine because it's shot in Turkey. So, do you remember this? No. Okay, so I will read the plot. <laughs> but I might once you start talking about it. Okay, here we go. Uh, in Turkey, at some point in the historical past, armies are fighting. When King Solomon, presumably not the biblical one, is killed during one of the conflicts, his son is speared away. <coughs> To safety in the forest. While there, he is raised by lions and develops awesome strength. And now he is Lion Man. And then uh, Lion Man's hands are burned with acid. So you know, he gets a pair of iron claws. And then he, he's out for revenge. 
Oh, okay. Yes, I remember right. This now. You know, because we watched this right around the same time frame as Silat, also in nineteen seventy five. It's like a Turkish death wish. Right. Right. Yes. And we watched that all the way back from twenty thirteen, starring Sadar Gorkan. Right. And this one stars Kunyet Arkin. I think he was a big name in uh, yeah. um, in Turkey. Yeah, so and it, it's a, I think we liked it because you know, it has the classic funny dubbing and the drive-in movie style, and it's kind of like um, the glove. And what do you remember? And that's pretty much what I remember. And it, okay. it's a Blu-ray from Agfa that I think I have. Yes. And, um, it's you know wacky. Uh, there's some wacky things that go on. Yeah, it's fun. I mean, like it's kind of a movie you watch when I uh, just think, oh, let's have some fun, have some driving fun, and put on Sword in the Claw. Yeah, Sword in the Claw. Yeah. I think that's right. Um, it also we we compared it to the Devil's Sword, also very prima advent yeah. bang gun, nineteen eighty four. Yes, I think it do is you, like that. Do you know, you know what it's directed by Devil's Sword? The devil, uh, the devil's sword. Yeah, or, sword. Uh, it's an interesting uh, name. That's all. Maybe you remember. No. It's directed by Ratno Timurar. Oh, Ratno. Yeah, yeah good old Ratno. <laughs> so, well, at least well, he's not a rat. You know, or Ray Liotta will get mad at him. You know, you're <laughs> yes. a rat. No. <laughs> a, I guess that's the thing about these foreign directors, like, um, um. What's his name? Uh, Arizal and uh, P. Chalong. I guess he's like one of those. Exactly. And, and it was fun. I would I would recommend Sword in the Claw. Most of the sword movies we have on uh, to talk about there are pretty good. So we'll go to Sword of Honor next from uh, 1996. One cop challenges a deadly legend. And it stars Stephen Vincent Lee, Jeff Pruitt, and Sophia Crawford, the PM movie. Um, cops and best buddies Johnny and Alan are martial arts experts who teach children their craft at a dojo run by Alan and his sister Vicky. When they're not out chasing the baddies, Alan decides to concentrate on the dojo full time and thus has one day left until retirement. Uh oh. <laughs> the last assignment involves the most sinister soft bees auction ever a badass sword, known naturally as the Sword of Honor. Uh, when mobsters make an attempt to gain control of the mystical sword, bad things start to happen. Something might happen to uh, Alan, <laughs> we won't say. Um, let me think. Did you like this one? I think. I think so, but I don't remember that much. I think it's kind of a lesser PM. We gave it three bits, but overall, it's just, it's, just, it's decent, but not doesn't go into that kind of uh, recoil. <coughs> That recoil way of like it could have been a lot better, I think. Um, uh, yeah, I wish I had more to add, but I mean, I guess we must have liked it somewhat. Yeah, because it kind of gives you what you want in that classic PM ninety style. Um, there's some good, um, there's some funny meatheads. Um, and then because uh, <laughs> there's a part where Meathead asks uh, Johnny, he's done using the equipment, and he says, "I need some more reps, man." This enrages the meathead, and a knockdown dragout fight ensues. Well, that sounds good. And there's some punch fighting and a disco nightclub scene. And there's a lot of meatheads in this movie. So, we said there's a lot of weird looking people. (laughs) 
the bartenders, the mobsters, the patrons, everyone you see is like, this is an odd looking character. <laughs> I guess that sets it apart. Yeah, it's not bad. I mean, like, I think if he really ran out at PMs to watch, this is like, it's not, it's not a bad one to watch. I think. Um, let's see. That's really about it. Just to, you know, just talking about meatheads. Remember meat the meatheads? What that episode that we yes. did? Yes, I, of course I remember. So many meatheads. <laughs> Do you have a personal favorite? Uh, meatheads. I mean, just, it's hard to beat Evan Lurie, I guess. I know. I'd love to see Evan Lurie versus Malibu. You know? I mean, those are two of the top meatheads of all time. Yeah. And then maybe they could do like they both headbutt each other, something like that. And be like, this is okay. This is super meathead. It's like what? And I just bought uh, American Gladiator season one, the original. And well, uh, I'll get to it. I'm sure you'll and be his watching commentary. It <laughs> his commentary by the gladiators, like Turbo. It's like <laughs> I'm surprised. Yeah, this is really cool, man. This is like a cool <laughs> scene where they're doing some cool stuff, man. <laughs> I, like, I only know is what they'll say in their commentary, but I will to... listen to it. Yeah. Well, I'll keep you posted. Unless okay. you're interested in listening to the commentary yourself. Mm, you can listen first. Oh, okay. So our next movie is The Sword of Bushido, starring Richard Norton and Rochelle Ashana and Toshishiro Obata. <laughs> Remember this one? Um Zach Connors, played by Richard Norton, is a Navy man trained into the deadly Japanese arts. Decides to look into his family genealogy and history of military service. He discovers the whereabouts of an extremely valuable samurai sword that was lost in the end of World War II. And then an evil Japanese gangster uh, named Yamaguchi wants this sword. is willing to do anything to get it. So, there's, so every goon and ninja is after Zach Connors. And then, yes. Oh no! I, I, um, I, we like this, didn't we? Yeah, and he put on his revenge outfit. Right, right. Well, can you guess my next sentence about Richard Norton? Uh, he's a likable action star. <laughs> yes, he, yeah, that's what he played. Likable action star, Richard Norton. Uh, this was a good one. I mean, it's very rare. I can't. It's not even on um, American VHS. I think we watched it on like YouTube, if you remember. Unfortunately, I don't remember. I, in fact, I was just going to ask you, I, how did we watch this? But I, I think it was YouTube. Um, and then I know when you, I think of Bushido, <laughs> you can't, you gotta love the Leo Fong version of Revenge of the Bushido Blade. He goes Bushido. <laughs> so that was Leo Fong that did that. Yes, I, I, I think ten, Akamura ten... did something similar in American Samurai. Well, that was, you know, what I was going to say, that I think yeah. there was a Gerald Akamura moment that's very similar. Yeah. <laughs> when he's on I, a mountain or something. I, I thought he was about to, like, jump off a ledge while fighting Gary Daniels. I mean, my memory of American Street Fighter is very, very uh, limited. <laughs> well, but there's this classic scene where the kid says, you're now Ninja Turtle. <laughs> you know what? Gary was stumped by that. He is no Ninja Turtle. But as far as people yelling the word Bushido, I, I guess it's happened <laughs> more than once. I wish we had more chances to do it ourselves in real life. I, I guess it's never too late. But uh, um, anything else to say about this? Well, I think I'd recommend it. I mean, there's a lot of silly moments. Like there's a fruit car, car chase. And there's also like a go-kart chase. and A lot of silly uh, broken English and very thick accents. 
I mean, maybe yeah. that's why it never got an uh, American release. Yeah. I, I mean, not that problem. it stopped some movies, but you know, not everything came out here. And so they probably figured they had to draw the line somewhere. So a lot of the stuff that's very kind of low budget with broken English didn't make it uh, to our video stores. Yeah, no, it's unfortunate because this would have been a hit because other Richard Norton's have come to. Yeah, know, a lot of them. Like Crossfire. Death like Fight. Um, a death Fight. You know, we're lucky to have those. I mean, I, I think we said that's where we first became aware of Richard Norton. So I think we, we did a Richard Norton episode, Mission Norton. Mm. So, um, I have two more sword movies. Uh, this is a good one. Sword of Heaven from 1985. Tadashi Wait. Yamashita. Right. Go ahead. Right. No, no. See, that that's, that doesn't have um, Akamura. Right. So I Actually, just, it does. Oh, it do, okay. It does. Okay. I'm right. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. It does have Akamura, uh, Bill Superfoot Wallace, and Mel Novak. Uh, and that's on VHS, which I think you own. I do own that. Very rare. Very hard to find. I think I got it for an okay price back then. I would never. That's not a tape purge. Because we posted this in 2014. So we must have watched it in 2013. So I would never get rid of it. It fell from the heavens and created a hell on earth. Sort of heaven. And the plot is a meteor crashes to earth in the ancient past. Japanese monks use it to fashion a magical glowing sword. But now in present day Los Angeles, a cop named Tadashi... Tadashi Yamashita and his very Irish partner Patrick are fighting not only police corruption, a sadistic pimp, and a paramilitary group led by Dirk St. John, played by Mel Novak. Remember Dirk St. John? Uh, I can't say that I do. Uh, okay. Understandable. I mean, I want to remember him, but I mean, I can't remember everything. Well, they say that Tadashi is the best that Japanese have to offer, and he can handle any weapon ever made. Wow, that, that that is an impressive claim. That that's amazing. I can barely handle chopsticks. This guy can handle the sword of heaven. That's pretty good. Yeah. What's the thing about Silent Sword, which is that could also be a movie. Um, this title that we're putting on the podcast because that could be like a uh, kind of a a Viking movie with Matthias Hughes. That's what I was thinking. Oh, see, I was thinking it'd be um, more like a Japanese type movie like this with yeah. uh, Gerald Okamura or Tadashi Yamashita. Yeah, and then you get a couple of English actors, and then, like, so my idea would be that Matthias Hughes would pick up the sword. It'd be like, you know, the sword and the stone. But then he picks up the sword, and then there's, like, a vast kind of glowing light that, like, awakes all the ninjas. And he has right. to fight them one by one. So, oh, that sounds good. Yeah, I thought that this morning. Um, and I, I can totally see it, too. They, they, they hop out of everywhere. The darkness, the ground, you know. Like those great ninjas, the um, they're like Bugs Bunny, you know, they're under the ground. <laughs> the Sakura uh, Killers? Yeah, Sakura Killers. Yeah. And in some Godfrey Ho movies, uh, I think they do that. I want to be a hopping ninja. You know, I guess it's not too late. How do you do that? If you have to be like a tunnel rat? You have to learn how to do it. Yeah, I will. <laughs> okay. All right, what else you got? So we like this movie a lot. We give it three and a half stars. Um, it has that funny, insane, wacky sensibility. And then there was a, there's a song during a chase that sounds like a lot like ZZ Top's legs. And then um, also Karen Shepard's in this, too. Oh. Let's see. Uh, yeah, the thing about 
Dirk St. John or whatever. <laughs> he wears a glove like Michael Jackson, one glove like Michael Jackson, and puts an over-the-top bonkers performance. Uh, it's like John Miller. Really? I yeah. can't believe I don't remember this. Well, it's Joseph J. Rondazzo who plays Kane. That's the evil pimp. And it's Dirk St. John. So it's a little confusing. so many villains in this movie. I, I want to rewatch it now. Yeah, this makes me want to rewatch yeah. it. Um, there's also a, a metal band that's on stage in the movie called the Ninja Warriors of Rock playing a song called War of Love. <laughs> this, I, we saw this so long ago, but I don't remember a lot. I remember there was like a real, I remember the goofy car chase. I think there was a lot of like dirt and like dirt bikes. Like, I remember that. Well, see, this is why it's good that you own this because, I mean, I'm I'm guessing you don't know where it is, but the thing is, <laughs> this is I think I actually know where this one is because this is a prime reason to own these things because then you can go back and you know watch them whenever you want. I think this is definitely due for that. And I would love to see it like on a Blu-ray double bill with maybe a sword or the one we just talked of, Sword of Bushido, the sword double feature. So. Well, um, I guess we have to talk to Vinegar Syndrome. <laughs> we're close to having a direct line, in a way. Well, we're close. <laughs> we don't have one. <laughs> Let's see, I'm on my last sword movie, which is The Swordsman from 1992, starring our buddy Lorenzo Lamas. Um, Wait, so this is the last one? What about The Swordsman 2? Well, that's Gladiator Cop, The Swordsman 2. Oh, so it starts okay. with a G. Right, so, okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's barely a movie it's like 10 percent new footage so andrew that's is a tor- toronto cop on the edge the edge of a sword as we said um any let's see what happens in this one okay there's a theft of a sword that that's thought to have belonged to alexander the great and then uh llamas has to explore the city canadian underground fencing circuit to find answers and then there's um the evil stratos Remember Stratos, played by Michael Champion? Is that the guy who had the sword that's as big as his body? I think that's the second movie. Oh. Um, but yeah, it's a mixture of sword fighting and punch fighting. Um, hmm. I have it's, to say, uh-huh. we didn't like this that much because the problem is it's so much filler. It's like all filler. But yet they somehow managed a sequel. See, I think we think about the sequel because it's you know, only a certain percentage of new footage and um, it's, it's very wacky. And the, yeah. yeah. So I, you're right. I think the first one is almost too normal. This, I can't believe I'm saying this, but if you're yeah. going to watch any <laughs> of the swordsman movies, watch the second one because it's so incoherent. seems like they didn't even really try to make it coherent. It was just like just a bunch of weird slap together footage. Yeah. And the first one is still a huge mess. I mean, there's all these weird flashbacks, and you don't really care. The only thing that saves it is Lamas. So, I was just talking to Connoisseur on his podcast about Lamas. Like, let's, where is Lamas? You know, you haven't seen him. He needs to make a really good comeback movie that would be, I, like, on I, Redbox. Go ahead. Well, I, I was, I just, I couldn't agree more. I mean, obviously, that's what, that's what should happen. You know, yeah. something that will bring him back to his 90s glory. Because, you know, look at Instant Justice, you know, with, um, great, I forgot. Who was well, in that? Michael Paré? No, no, um, wait, I'm thinking of Tony Bingham? No, the movie from the guy who made Skin Traffic. In, oh, oh great. Instant Death. Instant Death, thank you, Instant Death, yeah. 
it would be like that. As I was picturing, like it's just Lamas. There's no kid. Maybe there's an age appropriate like girlfriend or something. But it just it's just Lamas, and he's he's slicing up people. So, because you know now that people are old older, yeah, I think it's okay to do this. He probably thinks he's too old, but he, really he's not. I think he might have said that, you know, because he does like the convention circuits, you know. I mean, he can rest on his renegade the laurels. Yeah. <laughs> the circuit, yeah, the circuit too, the final punch. You know, yeah, well, <laughs> Editor Bill. <laughs> yeah, so where's Editor Bill in all this? I don't remember Lamas's name in uh, <laughs> the circuit too, the final punch. That's okay. Yeah. I mean, the only name you need to, well, there's two names to remember, the, uh, Editor Bill or Dirk Longstreet. Well, that's true. So, <laughs> there's no room for any other names. No, Dirk Longstreet is a pretty cool name. So. But we said it's kind of like the Minion or the Order, uh, the Swordsman. Right. It's trying to be like those, but without even the budget of those. The only thing that's also kind of interesting before I end on this is uh, there's a behind-the-scenes feature on the VHS tape. Yeah, you don't get those that much, but occasionally you will get one. That's pretty cool. I mean, I always love the one with Rothrock. Hi, I'm Sifir Rothrock. Here's a behind-the-scenes look at my newest movie. I think it was um, Martial Law 2. Or um, there's a commercial before the movie for David Heavener's uh, album. (laughs) 1-800-DAVID. I love that. (laughs) You know, I, I have some of the songs I bought on uh, digital, you know, like mm-hmm. uh, Renegade or, or Outlaw Profit on the Run. Outlaw Profit, yeah. <laughs> Outlaw Profit <laughs> on the Run. Mm-hmm. Till our thing is done. <laughs> See, now uh, no one has to buy it because. You... No, I, I sang it for free. You don't have to use, it, uh, use a dollar to buy it. So now. We are ended our swords, and now we're going to the silent movies. And our first movie we're going to talk about is The Silencers from 1996. another PM movie. Jack Scalia. Right, yes. Now, uh, this is about Comdor. Right, Comdor. <laughs> Doesn't the kid say, I love you, Comdor? Or something like close. that. Is, it, is oh. there something wrong, Comdor? <laughs> Comdor's an alien. I'll just... I'll, Condor is an alien, comes to Earth, and then he helps out Jack Scalia, who's a Secret Service agent. And then there's also other evil aliens hanging around. So it's a Secret Service agent versus aliens, but there's a good alien called Condor. Yes. Dennis Christopher, is it? That is correct, yes. And And then, you know, Jack Scalia has a son, like a little tot, and probably has some sort of bowl haircut. So, yes. who, who obviously takes a liking to uh, to Comdor. So, yes. like, <laughs> hi, Comdor. Uh, well, I think Comdor is looking sad. And he's like, there's something wrong, Comdor? <laughs> I mean, this was around the time of Mego, Alf, um, you know, lots of aliens coming to Earth, but they're like family friendly aliens. Uh, Mac and me. Um, you know, it was only a matter of time till PM did something with the Comdor. Well, they did some alien stuff. You know, got this one. You got Dark Breed. Also, Which also Jack Scalia. <laughs> I guess he was their go-to guy for their sci-fi action. <laughs> I like to Why? see like I don't the, know. the pitch meetings. Like, hey, Jack, we have a movie for it. It's called Dark Breed. All right, what's it about? Well, it's about aliens. All right. Hey, Jack, we have another movie for it. Well, what's this about? It's about aliens. It's called Silencer. Yeah, all right. <laughs> so you think Jack Scalia was just very unimpressed by all this yeah. and just it's like. Yeah. I mean, I like Jack Scalia. I think mean, there's a movie called Act of War, which I think it's supposed to be kind of junky 
and he's like another, he's like a secret service agent again and he's out out on the room he looks like one you know it's just like so it's really good casting it's kind of funny how uh i mean but the pm people must have thought he was a guy who uh you know looked like a guy who could deal with aliens because he's he's only in their sci-fi stuff well also you know x-files is beyond huge you know? right well he does go no scalia we said it's scalia at his best um and he he tells his compatriots that we've got company well <laughs> they usually do and he's and he's making like these wacky noises when he's like shooting. They're like ah oh, ah. Oh. So we really loved Scalia in this one. So well, that's good. He, we said he's a great everyman action star. I'm guessing more than Dark Breed. We liked yeah. this. And then Dennis Christopher. Oh yeah, we liked him way more. And Dennis, we liked Dennis Christopher in this. Did a great job as Commodore. He's playful and childlike yet wise, like an extraterrestrial Teddy Ruxpin. So. And, you know, pre-green screen, pre-CGI, so there's a lot of awesome explosions and car flips. So, yeah, this is a hit. And I, I think I found it at that old Goodwill in Milford. Uh, Do you remember the one that closed, unfortunately? Like, that really the, good one? The one where you found Miami Hustle? Yeah, it's with Kathy Ireland. Which is, it's a great idea. People don't know about Miami Hustle. It's Kathy Ireland. She plays, like, a, a pool hustler. And um, it's not good, though. It's very boring. Nothing happens, and you don't care. But it's Kathy Ireland, so she has that kind of funny voice. Like I'm, a, I'm a pool hustler. I can't wait to get her impression. You'll see her soon on Deadly Games that you're watching. Oh yes. Uh, and that's the episode called The Camp Counselor, parts one and two. So yeah, I told it's a high recommend for the silencers. So now let's go to how about a dud. Which is the Silent Force from 2001. Uh, Lauren Avedon, mm-hmm. George Chung, and Matthias Hughes, albeit briefly. Do you remember this one? Mm, no. Okay. Well, I understandable. Uh, it sucks. Uh, well, Frank Stevens, played by Lauren Avedon, is a U.S. federal agent who commands a special ops team known as the Silent Force. They've come across their toughest assignment yet when they face off against some evil Asian mobsters headed by POW. And then Pow kills off some of the Silent Force, and then Stevens gets mad, and an all-out war ensues. Now, that sounds good, right? Yes. Nope. <laughs> it's very poorly and it's very poorly written. The ending is abrupt and choppy. You, you can't see anything. It's underlit. It's all amateurish, unfortunately. That is too bad, because you'd think with at least with George Chung and Matthias Hughes... That would be, if not Lauren Avedon, at least they could come up with something better than that. So there's also the Black Yelling Chief, terrible, and there's these stupid one-liners. And then we kind of, we're making, I know we make fun of Avedon on this program a lot. But Avedon, in various scenes, he looks like Tom Cruise, Gabriel Byrne, Eric Roberts, Griffin Dunn, Jeff Speakman, and Kyle MacLachlan. Wow. (laughs) I kind of remember him looking like Griffin Dunn a lot, actually. Uh, remember when Griffin Dunn was the villain on uh, Criminal Intent? Yes. He did a good job. I mean, he's like, he threw that chair through the uh, plate glass window in the uh, interrogation room. Do you remember that part? Uh, <laughs> you're asking me to remember a lot of stuff today. Um, <laughs> you know, you got to remember more Criminal Intent. You know, or it, I know people just remember, you know, uh, D'Onofrio doing the classic head tilts and dancing of suspects. But, you know, like... <laughs> Um, and it's also a fake kind of danger zone type song. 
because he's talking about Tom Cruise. Wow. Um, and then Matthias Hughes, you have to wait almost the whole movie for Matthias Hughes to show up. And what happens is he begins, he begins beating up Avedon, and our attention perked. And okay. then he went away, and then they went back to being sucky again. I'm, I'm not sure how he even watched this one. I think, um, I think I got it at the gas station. No, that sounds about right. Yeah, this is a gas station movie. <laughs> when they used to have movies at the gas station. Well, they still do, or maybe a convenience store, but usually just copies of License to Wed or Semi-Pro. So. Hmm. So. Okay, so there's one to avoid. Yes. Um, I'll go to our next movie, and it is Silent Assassins from 1988. Okay, okay so now we're getting into better territory here because yes. sam jones linda blair yes and i think uh, we like this and we watched it a long time ago but we liked it you're absolutely right so sam cattle yeah sam cattle <laughs> i want to call him well what's nick what's his middle name t <laughs> so sam t cattle is a tired of being an la cop on the edge he's tired of that wow. so, so it's very exhausting well, it's tired because it's like, all right, I'll go on the edge one more day, you know. <laughs> uh, they decide to move to Colorado, but before he can escape, he's called back in for one last mission. Uh, a criminal mastermind named Kendrick, played by Gustav Vintas of Zero Tolerance, and he is a ex-CIA turned psychotic, <laughs> uh, have kidnapped an elderly biochemist named Dr. London, played by Bill Irwin. Okay. Uh, and then... Uh, Sam starts, you know, he fights some ninjas. It's, it's fun. The thing about the cover is that you see Linda Blair, she has a gun. It looks cool. She does not shoot anybody in this movie. She's just the wife of Sam Jones. Oh, that's unfortunate, but at least she's yeah. there. She's there. And it's the opening credit says it's an Action Brother production, Incorporated. We might have seen other Action Brothers movies. Um,. Yeah, it, it's fun. I mean, that's like towards the end where he's fighting all the ninjas, and it's enjoyable. And you gotta love Sam Jones. I mean, and, there's uh, always a movie where someone kidnaps a scientist. We've seen it countless times. Well, what's the one I'm thinking of? Um, I, um, the survival one with Mike game. Norris. Yeah. yeah, survival game. That was a kidnapped scientist. I think that was Seymour Cassell. Yes, I think that's correct. And I think they spent all their money on that. Uh, on what's that? Money, money, money. <laughs> the I song. I, if you say so. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I would say this is worth watching. It should be on DVD or Blu-ray, by the way. Let's not forget about Silent Assassins. Yeah, it should be, but where is it? No idea. I mean, say Sam Jones, the ultimate '80s cool guy, sunglasses, Jeep, bomber jacket, spiky brush-cut hairdo, and unshaven face. Well, I guess that's why we love Sam Jones so much. And also, Mako is also in this. Right, Mako. And an exploding helicopter and a fan favorite death. <laughs> so this is good. I, uh, we'll go to our next one. All right, so I, we actually talked about this one a little bit, uh, which is Silent Hunter. Um, and then, you know, I think during uh, Fred Williamson episode. Right, okay. And then it's more of a Miles O'Keefe uh, movie. Jim Paradine, Miles O'Keefe is a Miami cop on the edge. He's tired of the justice system. <laughs> Everyone's tired. You know, and then he goes on vacation. And then thugs carjack his family and end up killing his family members. 
and then he's left for dead, Miles O'Keefe, and then he uh, becomes the silent hunter. Now, we all know what I'm going to say next about this movie, which is Dakota Horvath. Uh, oh, this is Dakota Horvath. Okay. Yeah, that's that little uh, tot who sings Sinatra. Um, yes, I know we've mentioned him before. Yeah. We mentioned him so... I mean, really must be the only podcast who mentions Dakota Horvath numerous times. <laughs> Probably we are. But I, but other than Horvath, is this the one where it mainly takes place in the snow? Yeah, it's just a little bit slow. I think it's over 100 minutes. Oh. And you definitely feel the running time. And, you know, Phil Williamson's good in it, but people make fun of his character. He plays, um, I didn't say his name, Sheriff Manti. Mm-hmm. And it's like, here comes that dumb Sheriff Manti. It's like, how can you call Fred Williamson dumb? Come on. I, well, I assume those are the bad guys. Yes. I mean, once the revenge starts, it's still it's pretty good, but it's too little too late. So it's this is a total two and a half star movie, which we, that's what we gave it. All right. Well, like, that seems appropriate. Uh, Okay. So I think that's if people want to check it out, go right ahead. I think you're going to maybe set up for a little bit of a disappointment. All right, so our next silent movie. Now, this is a weird one. Well, you know what? Um, we'll hold on this one. We'll do this one next, which is Silent Partner. Now, you you did watch this. I think I reviewed it before you came on board the site, though. Now, Tara Reid, oh, Nick Moran, Rick, and Greg yes. Henry. Yes. So, I think, did you uh, like Silent Partner? <laughs> I think I thought it was okay. I don't think it was anything too great. See, I think back in the day when this was coming out in 2005 or 2006, I was very excited because it's like, whoa, Terry has a Russian accent. It's going to be cool. has some cool action. And I did enjoy it at the time. Um, mm. So Nick Moran, I think he kind of looks like Conan O'Brien. <laughs> right? Did you tell me that when you watched it? Uh, he doesn't have red hair, though, does he? Uh. Yes, I think it's this kind of Conan-esque hair. Oh, but, um, I don't remember that at all. So, because it's an old review, I just... Uh, well, Nick Moran plays uh, Gordon Patrick. He's a CIA agent who sent the Russians to investigate the death, in quotes, of Mikhail Garin, a Russian government official. Gordon is then met by American ambassador. That's, that's it, this American ambassador, played by Greg Henry. To help in on the case. And then Gordon finds out that Garen's death was suspicious, of course. And then uh, Tara Reed's hanging around. And her name is Dina, who might know some information. Um, isn't, isn't this kind of standard stuff? I mean, there's nothing that really stands out about no, Silent Partner. No, not really. I mean, I wish it was just a little bit better, but it's, there's still something there to watch when you're bored. I mean, maybe because I have yeah. a Tara Reed bias. Wow. And then Nick Moran bias. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't. I was mostly because I was excited to see Tara Reid and Greg Henry. I didn't know who Nick Moran was at the time. I what barely do now. What's that other movie, Falling Falling Through? through? Yeah, like, that's... um. Oh, I know who you're talking about. Gordon Curry? Yes, Gordon Curry. This is a lot like that, from what I remember. Oh, I think Falling Through is better. Because there's a screw loose in that one. Uh, Pete Weller and... Um, who's, who's the other person in that? Um, oh, Roy Scheider. So, and it's like I don't know if it's directed Redbox or not Redbox. It's Blockbuster. Blockbuster, Two Left Shoes, or yeah. what have you. Um, yeah, it, so it has that kind of feel to it. So it's all right. I mean, if you could buy it for a dollar. Um, let's see. So how to do next? I mean, hmm. Let's do Silent Trigger. 
which is a Dolph Lundgren movie from right. 1996. Uh, okay. Well, Dolph plays Waxman. He's an ex-special forces soldier and expert marksman. Sometimes his emotions get in the way of his targets, and he's now in a crisis of conscience. He's now holed up in an unfinished skyscraper with his female assistant named Clegg, played by Gina Bellman, who's also in that show um, Leverage, I think. Oh. You ever watch that? No. It's the, it's a show you watch when you are like maybe you know sick and you just don't want to change the channel. <laughs> okay. Um, and then Waxman and Clegg have to uh, fight some baddies that are also in this building. Now, we thought this movie was pretty slow going, if you remember. That is what I remember from this. There's one. Can you guess the cool part of this movie? <sighs> He's looking through the reticule or whatever. <laughs> well, I love a good reticule uh, looking scene. No, but he makes he has that awesome gun. Well, he has a big and, gun from what I remember. Yeah. It's it takes pretty long. Like, yeah. And then you you kind of have to wait the whole movie for him to shoot at like one guy. <laughs> but I wish this this is kind of a weak Dolph. Um, I mean, I I wanted to like it more because you know it's directed by Russell Mulcahy. Yeah. And um, it should have been better. It should have, but yeah. it's, it just doesn't have all the Dolph shooting action that you think you're gonna it, get. It's because he's holed up in one location. Let's say they switch the plot around and he's just out and about, you know, and that would be a cool idea for a movie. Just don't be stuck in a, you know, a stupid high rise all the time. I agree that that is yeah. the problem. And, you know, he was in movies. Uh, what's, what's that other one? Um, Hidden Assassin. Yes. It's sim- I mean, I think he's doing more things than that. But this, you know, it wasn't Dolph at his best. No, it was not, unfortunately. Um. I'm trying to think, what's the other one that we didn't like? Hidden Agenda. Well, that's that another one. one. They're, they're all starting to run together. They're all kind of similar with similar titles and everything. Well, that's the boring Dolph Canadian movie. I think that wouldn't be an unsung Dolph episode. <laughs> he's like no. on a computer. He's a nerd. Like, <laughs> you know, I'm a nerd. It's just like, <laughs> it's, like, it's great casting. Yeah. Isn't that kind of what happened in that other one with... Um, Louis Gossett Jr. Um, oh, cover up, right? Yeah, he's a reporter or like, something. I'm a reporter for Africa, and it's like, okay, he does no action whatsoever. I think he maybe hits someone in like the last ten minutes. And I think he said like, I just want to be a character actor. You know, back then he wants he wanted to stop punching people just for a little bit. Well, that's well, I, I guess get it. He you kind know. of achieved his goal. He didn't punch too many people around this time. <laughs> So, yeah, this is a uh, – and also there's a part where it was, was kind of like space balls because the gun is, like, so long. It's like <laughs> – I was going to say that. I was just yeah. going to say that now. Man, yeah. That, really that would have sounded smart. If, I would have impressed you if I said that, but I, oh. I didn't for some reason. I don't know why. And let me see. Also, it's called Assassin Warrior. It's like, wait. <laughs> it's like that's like a great title to me. It sounds like the wrong title. It's oh. like General Commander, which is a Steven Seagal movie. Or, you know, Larry the Cable Guy Health Inspector. Like, he has two jobs. That's pretty good. General <laughs> Commander. <laughs> yeah. I think what General Commander is, from what my research, is that I think he was going to be in another TV show, Seagal, besides True Justice, and then it kind of failed. So, but they smushed the movie together out of it. So. Um, 
All right. Well, let's see. We so that's a We'll move on to our it's our last movie already. That was fast. Which is Silent Killers. I thought that's the weirdest one we have from 1988, directed by Lo Geo, mm. uh, and stars Man Fi, <laughs> uh, Daniel Garfield, Lo K, Yolanda Cook, uh, Willie Willie Sun, and Wallace Mann, and Martin Chan. So this is like a Godfrey Ho type movie, right? That's, yeah. It's very rare. It's very odd. Yes, and the cover is like kind of a white guy, <laughs> mm-hmm. and it says his actions speak louder than words. Silent killers. The movie makes absolutely no sense. Um, we said that it's like it's pointless to recount the plot, but there's an evil man named, uh, well, not evil, but he's a guy named Tanaka who has a formula formula that he will save and destroy the world. So Larry, Becky, and Brenda <laughs> kidnap him, another kidnap scientist, and try to get said formula. Um. What? And there's also some ninjas hanging around. And we said this movie is insane. (laughs) Uh, If this movie was a person, it would be put in a rubber room for life. (laughs) uh, It's all shot on video. Do you remember this? I do remember that. I remember it shot on video and it makes no sense. That's pretty much all I remember. It's pretty garbagey, but it's still kind of fun to watch because it has the funniest 80s fashions. Uh, Becky has Confederate flag shorts. Um, there's a final ninja brawl, and there's more slow motion than hard target. Uh, I guess it's also called American Commando Ninja. See, now we're getting into Godfrey Ho type territory. So, I mean, I remember finding some wild bills. It's like, what the heck is this? I think it, there's a screenshot of the tape on the website, and I think it's how much I cost. Oh no, uh, I must. No, it just says, sci- says sci-fic. <laughs> what? So, oh, science yeah. fiction. Yeah, I guess. sci-fic. Yeah. What do I say? Amanda Seyfried. Um, you got to watch uh, The Dropout. Okay, if you think I should watch The Dropout, I will. That's yeah, good. It's a quality program. Okay. Um, that's it for the silent movies. Uh, but what, what do you remember of Silent Killer? Just that's... Well, I just told you. I, the, the, it's shot on video. It makes no sense. It's like Godfrey Ho. Um pretty much it i would have thought you got that video seven but I no guess no i distinctly remember getting a wild bills um but i know uh video seven had a couple of, it was an american video vhs yes and those are especially junky so and then i think that's it for the silent movies um i went back really quickly um i guess hmm, anything else you want to say about these movies today uh not that I can think of. I think we said everything that we can say. Um, <laughs> well, I think um, Sword in the Claw is kind of a standout one. And also Sword of Heaven. Right. Those are some of the best. I yeah. would do the best and the worst. I guess those are the best. And uh, I guess Silent Force would be the worst. Yeah. And then I guess I guess those are just I would just recommend uh, the good ones. <laughs> so I guess uh, I guess I'll just shoot up the plug goes. Okay, yeah. Um, okay, so Ty Action Rocks is uh, my Instagram handle. And then today I posted erotic images with Britt Eklund. Right, which I think you said you didn't like or something. It's pretty or... boring. I mean, you put it on, it's just a bunch of montages of Britt Eklund, like reading a book. Who um, <laughs> might remember? Just like it. it's a movie you watch in the morning when you're like kind of half awake. It's, it barely keeps your attention. 
But, you know, they trick you because it has Britt Eklund and it's called Erotic Images. Right. I'm surprised you even posted it on Instagram because aren't you worried about things like that? Well, it's 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 a semi-sexy cover, I guess. It's just her, she's wearing like kind of like a suit, but she's kind of, you know, dolled up in a sexy pose. There wasn't any nudity. Just, well, there's uh, usually no nudity on box covers, but well, you usually get worried. Was, yeah, well, I got to be careful, you know, even using the word erotic, because then, well, I'm on OnlyFans. It's just like, <laughs> they, they're so strict on the grams. Um, and yesterday I posted Sticks. It's the one with Peter Weller and Angus McFadden and um, Brian Brown. Uh, do, Sticks. Do you, S-T-Y-X, like the band. Oh, right. Okay. I know that's something you have. I don't, I've never seen that. I saw it so long ago, but, I, you know, I just need something to post. Um. And also, what I was supposed this week? Oh, pump up the volume. This is why I'm running out of things. Yeah, so yeah, that's the Instagram handle. Uh, if you just type in comeuppance reviews, right? Yeah. Type it in into your search engines, you'll find something. But weren't you supposed to start Ninja Fridays? Yes, I did not do that yet, because <laughs> I wasn't really feeling well. Um, but now I feel better, so I should watch a Ninja movie. Like Ninja in action, or yes. Empire Spiral Ninja. See, if I say if- it out loud they'll help me <laughs> okay well if that's what it takes then you know if i bought nia i would i would have watched it that day i would have been so excited i don't I know how you wait. can wait this long i have so much stuff i mean when i saw that on ebay it's like what and i couldn't buy it fast enough yeah because like, it's just been sitting around yeah i know because remember it has that great cover that kind of the funny white dude face it's like i'm a ninja you know it's like <laughs> Stuart smith i think Oh boy. Well, you'll have to watch it and you know tell us all how it is. All right. See, if I say that, then that makes me want to you know give people updates. You know, I mean, that might be the only way I get to watch things nowadays. It's like someone's got to remind me or say it on a pod. Well, um, if that's I the get... case, then just you know maybe by next time, you know, the next, next time step. we record. Yeah. Hopefully, yeah. you could at least watch one ninja movie. It's not asking okay. that much. No. I okay. How about this? I promise to watch one ninja movie before the next episode. Okay. I, yeah. So, because I guess oh, if I, you're not gonna, you know, give us any updates on, you know, ninety snack foods, the next best thing <laughs> would be to give a, like a ninja review. You know, what, call what, like Ty's ninja moment or something okay. like that. Because you know what, what will the fruit roll-up factory think of next? You know, just like <laughs> remember those commercials? No. Oh, maybe it's just like a Nickelodeon kind of thing. Maybe he's like he's a bunch of like kids like look we're making a new fruit roll up yay and it's like, it's like shapes out of it. Oh like, boy, I know. Well, that's all we had, as we always say. But I, all right. So yeah, how about this new idea, which okay, is a little more me. relevant to the to the podcast, which is sure. You know, a new segment could be you know Ty's Ninja Corner, where you uh, <laughs> finally watch one of these movies and then you talk about it for a minute. Sure, sounds good. That's a, that's a, I love it. The brilliant plan. All right. Well, if it motivates you to, I mean, I you know, I can tell you like ninjas. You know, whenever you know uh, uh, Sam Jones is fighting them, you're you're happy. So well, there was a lot of ninja stuff in this episode. I have to say, a lot of ninjas, a lot of Japanese gangsters. You know, like one of our episodes from a few months ago was just all Russia stuff. You know, well, that was a coincidence. Yeah, and you know, Russia is very topical right now. So, oh, oh maybe it was Red Raiders. <laughs> Probably. Or born American or whatever. But <laughs> all right, well that's uh the end of the episode and yes. uh, thanks for listening. Thanks, thanks to the Come Up Warriors. Yes. DTVC and uh 
Dave's VHS. I think he's one of our good peeps. Fat Man. Uh, Fat Man, Rob Lee. Oh, Ainsley and uh, one dark Rebecca night. and Tim. Yeah, they just put up a new episode, too. Uh, Taurus Trap. Oh. Yeah. Oh, and Terror Train. They did both. Oh, so. in the same episode? Oh, no, no. just Two separate actually, episodes. Two separate episodes, yeah. So. And oh. then I guess uh, that's about it for our episode. So thank you for listening. Yep. Bye-bye. Bye. I almost want to say turkey in the straw. <laughs> and it's turkey and the straw. And the sword and the cloth. <laughs>